welcome to another episode of Wolf Disney. I'm Sarah. And I'm Natalie. We are Wolf Disney. We are the Wolf sisters, Sarah and Natalie. Um, and we trying to change it up this week, but there's really no other way to change it up. We have very little Disney experience and we are slowly making our way through the Disney catalog movie by movie. Um, we are now into the 1960s, which is very exciting. And why are you giving me that face? I mean, we've been in the 1960s, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just still celebrating it. Okay. Um, And today's movie is... The Jungle Book. 1967. Aren't we supposed to do our one-sentence synopsis? Oh, I guess we forgot that we did that. Yeah, because that was what we were going to do instead of saying, yay, after introducing the movie. I think it's your turn. Okay. Um, sure is a lot of danger in the jungle. Really? Because I, I was actually shocked by how nice the animals were. I mean, they were villains, but that kid got lucky. Yeah, but I mean, I felt like, I felt like that's the only reason why he survived is because he got lucky. Like... Bagheera, yeah. when when the snake was getting ready to eat Mowgli, Bagheera was like sleeping on the tree limb, um, which felt like a really, really poor babysitting skills there by Bagheera. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's my one sentence synopsis. Cool. Sure is a lot of danger in these here woods. Um. All right. So the icebreaker. I have some questions. Question number one, would you rather live in the jungle or the man village? I mean, I didn't really get to see much of the man village. I just saw this girl. The song that she sings about her life sounds pretty horrible. Um, that she's just going to do chores until she gets married and then she'll cook for her husband and then her daughter will do chores. Um, I like Baloo and the music was good. I don't like eating ants. Um You know, I'll go with jungle. Okay. How about you? Man village. Why? uh, Seems easier. Yeah. I'm okay with fetching the water until I get married, I guess. That was her song, right? Well, yeah. And then she'll cook for her husband. That was the other part of the song. I mean, but like what's not being sung, you know, she's not because she can't sing every part of her life. I'm sure that there are lovely parts of her life, but I think it's, you know, telling that the one thing that she does sing about for her life song is about her chores. But it's while she's doing chores, you know? That's what, true. What's if you're her singing, song? She's, yeah. If you're singing about your chores while you're not doing them, then hmm. you might be watching Cinderella or something. <laughs> All right. Uh, didn't know that would be such a discussion-based answer. Question two, who would you rather hang with? Uh, Baloo or the other one? Bagheera. Bagheera. Um, I think Baloo would be fun, but I like Bagheera's responsibility. Bagheera, because at the end, you do see a silly side. But you yeah. never, well, you do see Baloo's responsible side, too, at one point. 
I'm gonna go with Bagheera though. How about you? I think I'll choose blue. Or the elephants. Oh, I like the elephants. Just kidding. I'd be bad at being in a troop, whatever they were. But you were the one Girl Scout in our family. Military. Ah. Uh, because they march. Well, it was a marching you, band. You yeah, right? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I could be an elephant. Um that's my questions. Wow, I don't think we've ever had an icebreaker that was so efficient at breaking the ice. Okay, so the ice has been broken. Um, the Jungle Book came out in 1967. It's based on an 1894 book by Kilping or something. Rudyard? Kipling. 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 Um, Walt Disney died during the production of this movie, so it's his last one that um, he had uh that he was involved in uh which in my head i was planning on us doing a walt disney episode in like chronological like how we did disneyland of like oh when he died but this kind of just snuck up on us so it's too late um walt disney's death 70 years ago (laughs) snuck up on us no okay that's not what i meant uh we get a return of a few people but most importantly, Winnie the Pooh. Sterling Holloway. Yep. Yes. I love his voice. It um, was weird, though, seeing him in a scary, like, yeah. uh, evil role as yeah. the snake. Um, didn't love that. Do you think he talks like that? With the S's? Yeah. No, not like a snake, but like oh, the, okay. the voice. Like when you call him on the phone? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, hold on. Let me. Can I YouTube? Mm. I'm just going to see if there's like a Sterling Holloway interview. All I can say is I am very happy he's here because I have seen him in many, many of his pictures and heard his voice. And he's been one of my favorites for a long time. It is Sterling Holloway. He's in town now for the 50th anniversary Walt Disney Film Rest Perspective. Mr. Holloway, may I call you Sterling, sir? Oh, if you would, please. I'm not saying it. Okay. Uh-huh. No, not saying whatever. <laughs> All right. Let's get right okay. into that. Uh, uh, you said not to call you. I yeah. guess that's... Yeah, I guess it's not that like wild of like a voice. It sounds like just like a nice older man at church. Well, and he's also using the same voice and not changing it at all for any of these characters other than like dragging out his S's for the snake. Whereas like, uh, what's your name? The one that woman that does all of the voices on the Simpsons, Uh, you know, I mean that the Simpsons voice cast is like only like five people, but they're, they're doing a million different voices at once. Um, so I guess it makes sense that he's a good voice actor, but it's just the one voice. Yeah. Yeah. But I was happy to hear him again. Yeah, me too. Well-received movie. Um, it had high acclaim for its soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, which many songs happened. And I said, oh, I, this, is that so- this is that movie with that song. Good to know. You can get to that later, I guess. Um, at the time, it was the second highest grossing animated film for Disney. Um, and it broke like a bunch of records in Germany. So, <laughs> hmm. which actually, no, never mind. Nope. Okay. Anyway. Were you about to really mess up world history? No, but I was going to bring it in the other research I did, but I, don't, I would have okay. to think further about that. Okay. Well, I don't know. We'll get back to that. Remember, remember that little okay. tidbit. Put a pin in that. Yep. 
Um, so on the, on Disney plus, um, there's extras for a lot of the movies. Um, and sometimes I, sometimes I watch them. Um, and I was very disappointed by the ending to the movie. Um, just kind of drops off. So was Mary Ness. Good to hear. Um, and so they actually, they found in their art, Disney found in the archives, the alternative ending, and they had one of their current storyboard people put it together. And it's like an eight minute clip. Um, and then after doing, I researched afterwards and found out that it's, it was the actual ending that the original story man, Bill Pete wanted, um, and is closer to the book. Um, and Nick, my roommate and I were watching it and it's one way more like it would have to add 25 more minutes to it in my opinion this this alternate ending yeah and two it's way darker like way more violent um so here is uh here's just like the summary of it from wikipedia so for anybody who has not watched it recently um Mowgli just follows this girl from the river into the village you don't see him again like a hundred it's an hour and four 14 minutes right yeah yeah and and so I would say an hour and 10 minutes is Mowgli trying to stay in the jungle right like all the animals are like nah dude probably you shouldn't live here because you are a human and we are animals and this tiger is going to get you and this tiger wants to kill you um and he's like no I want to be in the jungle and then in the last in like the last minute he sees this girl and that's it yeah, he follows her. He like looks back at Baloo and Bagheera mm-hmm. and just like kind of shrugs and smiles. Oh my gosh. Uh, I hated that that moment when he's sh- he like, what can I do? Yeah. Thought, I'm 10. <laughs> boys will be boys. <laughs> it was so gross. I was re-listening to uh, the Shaggy Dog episode yesterday while I was on a walk. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it for the first time. I'm okay. a little bit behind in listening to this. I don't listen to our episodes. Okay. Um, but you were talking about like the adventure boys. Yeah. And all of that. And so I was like, I wonder if like any of this plays into it. If they were just like, you cannot have a boy like living with animals. It's not the right thing. Like there, there has to be a girl involved. Um, I don't know. It was just, I hated that last bit. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so then you just see Baloo and Bagheera kind of just like turned back around and going back in the jungle. Yeah. Even if they had, even if they, it had ended that way, they could have been, they could have done like a, it could have been the first time that Disney did this, a little like extra at the end of the credits that was like flat, flash, flash, fast forward, whatever that word is, fast forward, flash forward 10 years. Um, here. Here's these ancient animals, um, and and Mowgli like visiting them. What? Um, I was gonna say, but did you watch to the end of the credits? No, it was, no, it, there it didn't do anything. Yeah, you're right. There I started no credits yet. Okay, shut up. Put my hand down. Can you raise your hand? Um, yeah. So I was disappointed. So I said. I normally skip a lot of, especially the ones that are like, here's what we almost did because a lot of times they're like very low quality, but this one was a good quality. Quick little storyboard with narration. Um, and so here's Wikipedia's summary of it. 
Um, after Mowgli got to the man village, he would get into an argument with Boldeo, the hunter, which would cause him to return to the jungle with a torch, which he would use to scare those who attacked or mocked him through the journey. Before being dragged back to the ruins by Boldeo, the hunter, and search for the treasure, because um, at some point he has a like a uh, he has a conversation with Boldeo about what he experienced and he like mentions that the monkeys live under buried treasure and the ruins or whatever so Bodeo now wants to go get that um after recovering a great part of the treasure Bodeo would declare his intentions to burn the village to avoid the threat of Shere Khan only for the tiger to attack and kill him before being killed by Mowgli with the hunter's gun so the tiger kills the hunter Mowgli kills the tiger with the gun Due to his actions, Mowgli would be hailed as a hero in both the jungle and the village and declared the first human to be part of the wolves' council. So first he like terrorizes all these animals with fire they're scared of. Um, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, Just the idea of him walking through the jungle with fire and like using it against any animal that like mocked him is like so against his personality the whole movie right yeah yeah so that's the that's closer to the actual ending of kipling's book stories um and disney said it was too dark for a family movie um and bill pete the story man which i guess that's a word now um strongly disagreed and it ended up leaving the project um over it um so they got a new story person whose name I don't know. Um, his name this, this also, this movie was, um, had a lot of like uh, contemporary kind of celebrity names as voices, um, which was different um, for Disney films at the time. Um, this is a quote from Wolfgang Reitherman is the director i think producer one of those oh yeah that's the same director as mary poppins yeah. nope 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 sword in the stone okay yeah because his kids his name recently were two of the voices yeah. of wart wart is that his name i can't tell you um is the quote from wolfgang um in the Jungle Book, we tried to incorporate the personalities of the actors that do the voices into the cartoon characters, and we came up with something totally different. When Phil Harris did the voice of Baloo, he gave it a bubble of life. We didn't coach him, just let it happen. Um, so we, the Wikipedia page says that Phil Harris did a lot of improvisation. He just, like didn't think the script was <laughs> believable for this character and just kind of made his own character. Um, and I think it's a really well done bear. Also, it's a sloth bear, if that means anything for you. Oh, I was wondering if that was a sloth bear. It is a sloth bear. Um, so we're, I watched with my roommates and Aaron immediately was like, can you cover whether or not these animals are actually native to India? And I think they all are. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I read said that, you know, they had Rudyard Kipling's book. And so they were going to, you know, try to riff off of it, but really 
Um, once they had Phil Harris on as Baloo and they saw him voice Baloo, they saw how successful that was. And then they recruited other celebrities. Mm. And so that's when they really like just completely departed from Rudyard Kipling's book, other than having the same character names and a little bit of the same premise. Like um, in Mary Ness's article, she says that like, it's really like the first eight minutes of the movie that are true to the book. Mm-hmm. And then it just wildly departs like in characterization and plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was because of the success with Phil Harris. Cool. They're like, what other celebrities can we get? And like, right. they were all big names for that time. They're, that voiced all of them. They, they asked the Beatles to do the, to, to be the vultures. Yeah. I read that. <laughs> um, and John, I think refused. Um, one of them refused. Um, well, he's probably dating Yoko himself. Okay. Um, one she of the, what? You know what she did? She broke up the Beatles. Okay. Um, one of the characters that got cut um, was going to be a, a nearsighted rhinoceros named Rocky. And I do wish she had been in that movie. Oh my gosh. There is in the Disney Plus extras, we didn't watch it because it was eight minutes long and I couldn't bear to watch more um was there is a there's an eight minute i think they pieced together some of the original um sketches for rocky and like explained what he was going to do in the plot um but i think so the uh louis the the monkey scene what are they orangutans louis is an orangutan but i think the other ones are monkeys because they have tails gotcha um that scene was i think added on uh, later than the rest of these um the monkey scene yeah okay like I don't think that was in the original idea um it's right and so that's that's why like when they saw Phil Harris they were like let's get more celebrities and so then yeah. they thought to get Louis Armstrong but got Louis Prima instead okay I was like it's not Louis Armstrong just so you know um yep uh yeah, that's all I have about the movie, I think. You mentioned Louis Prima and mm-hmm. King Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, the so interesting thing about Disney Plus is uh, this is one of the movies that we have um, that has a warning ahead of time about the stereotypes that are in the movie. Um, and now what happens this was not happening when we first started the podcast before it was just like I think a part of the description of the movie when you before you click play Mm -hmm. and now it shows it before the movie but it's like it it says your show will start in 10 minutes or 10 seconds yeah it won't let you fast forward oh it doesn't let you pause it either oh to take a picture yeah and I was like that's kind of wild that (laughs) y'all decided which I wonder I mean now that you say you can't fast forward I wonder if it's just like well, if we let them pause it, then they can fast forward, like somehow, like technologically that doesn't yeah. compute. So this is one of the movies that has the disclaimers about offensive stereotypes and caricatures. Um, so Sarah, if you would like to take it away with your super light research, go for it. Um, yeah, so I the disclaimer came up and we kind of predicted last week that there's probably going to be some troubling whatever's in this movie. Um, so they show the disclaimer and it's just one of those things where you're like, it's an interesting study in, I think, racism and stereotypes because 
there's only two humans in the movie and they're both depicted as people with dark skin, which would be appropriate for where the movie takes place in India. Um, there wasn't anything that I saw um, with my very little small knowledge. Um, I'm a bare, very little brain um, that would maybe be offensive about the depiction of Mowgli and the girl. So then that makes you wonder like, where is the racism? Like what was so blatant about the, had to be the animals, you know? Um, and I had my guesses like after watching it and I was like, pretty sure it's this. Um, and so I just did a little bit of research and um, found an article called, I wanna be like you, racial coding in Disney's The Jungle Book. Um, I'm gonna, there we go. Um, so, um, so this person does, he talks a lot about The Jungle Book, um, but also kind of just talks about the history of, of non-white characters in Disney films and that um, Disney avoids the question of race altogether in most any obvious way. Um, they rarely show non-white characters in their films. And when they do, almost everyone is of the same race to avoid the issue on the surface. So, so he says, for example, Mulan doesn't, fe doesn't feature a single white character and Moana, they're all ancient Polynesian Islanders. Um, he mentions Princess and the Frog too. Um, but he says, but in a major way, a major way that Disney depicts race is through animals and inanimate objects. He says, it's much it's a much harder, it's much harder to point out race as race if they are hyenas rather than blacks or Latinos. He says, didn't catch that in the Lion King. Um, right. So, um, so then he kind of just um, unpacks the jungle book. And so it's the big one is, is the monkey's um, but they, you know, one of the first, um, scenes with the monkeys, they kidnap Mowgli and Baloo says, why you flat nosed, little eyed, flaky creeps. Mm -hmm. Um, he doesn't say, this is the writer. He doesn't say you scoundrels, you rascals, you evil people. He points out their physical features to shame them. This person says that Baloo is a brown bear, not a sloth bear. I don't think so. So if it is a brown bear, that is a species native to North America. And so that, and, and the voice is American. And so you can assume that the race of blue would be white. Um, that part's a little bit trickier for me to get around to. Yeah. Um, but then um, the actual, what? I mean, in the book, he's named as a sloth bear. Yeah, that's fine if it, if that's what it is in the book. Yeah, um, I don't know where this person's getting that he's a brown bear from from the movie depiction. Yeah, sorry. Right. Anyway, that's okay. Um, but then the actual monkeys, um, all, all of the monkeys, all of the actors playing voicing the monkeys are white. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. And so when you're listening to it, you're like, these sound like black voices. And so this person is saying that it's, 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 it's like a minstrel show that you're watching. It's like blackface. They're putting on a black character and we're laughing at them. Like we're laughing at their antics. We're laughing at their music. 
And so that's what a minstrel show would have would have been like um, at the time. Yeah. Did, well, did they talk about Louis Prima at all? Not a whole lot. Um, I mean, I mean, I read about him a little bit and that he's an Italian American. Um, and he is he is a jazz musician from New Orleans. Yeah. But I, just, I don't think that's his real voice. No, yeah, yeah. I was just saying his um Wikipedia page in the first paragraph or whatever talks about how at the time, um yeah, at a time when in quotation marks ethnic musicians were often discouraged from openly stressing their ethnicity, Prima's conspicuous embrace of a Sicilian ethnicity. Uh, opened the doors for other Italian American and ethnic American musicians to display their ethnic roots, um, which doesn't. I mean, I mean, I think that's an interesting. That always interests me as um, white passing Americans who, not so much today, but in the 1900s, um, depending on immigration trends, um, were discriminated against as well um, yeah. because they weren't white enough white american enough um but anyway that's doesn't really take away from the whole idea of him playing no um this character the other thing that this person writes about is is that you know there's such a history behind people connecting um black people with monkeys um and that um the, he says the relationship or the relation between black people and primates and culture goes back to evil forms of biological racism that assert that black people are closer to monkeys right. um, than man. And, um, and I think that's a, I mean, I think that's an obvious connection that you make when you're watching it. Um, we're reading a book, <laughs> this is really random. We're reading a book um, at church uh, called Biased and it's about implicit bias but I'm really focused with police forces right now, but then mm-hmm. it'll, I think it'll work into our own stuff. But, but the woman writing it is a, um, a sociologist. And so she talks about all these studies that she has. And she did one that was really troubling to her. It was how quickly people associated black people with monkeys mm-hmm. or apes or gorillas. And that she went to Europe to, prevent, to present her findings to other sociologists. And even the sociologists in Europe were like, but don't they kind of look like, like right. monkeys. I mean, they're, you know, so, um, when was this? Like this was published in like 2019, okay. I think okay. this is very recent. Um, she says many scientists were not only unsurprised by our findings, but did not believe that racial perceptions were the driving force that allowed the black ape association to endure. They saw our results without the frame of stereotypes. What we were picking up on was a natural, rational association, not some lingering racial toxicity. Um, But then they would say like, well, they kind of look like they're, you know, they're dark. Um, They're both dark in color. And she would say, we find no evidence for, (laughs) this is black squirrel. So uh, apparently where she lives in California, squirrels are black, which oh. is helpful to know. Um, but they found no evidence for black squirrel association or a black alligator association, even though squirrels and alligators are both dark. We only find evidence of a black ape association. And we get the same results when we use line drawings of apes in our studies rather than dark photographs. So even when color is removed from the ape and it's just a, a, a white, black and white drawing, people still associated 
the two images. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just this relation, relation and association that we've had for years and years. And it kind of feels like Disney played up on that in yeah. this movie. Um, he also talks about um, Shere Khan and, um, hold on, let me find that one. Um, yeah, about Shere Khan, it's, it's, he says this is a, an, a largely unnoticed uh, racial depiction, but that um, Shere Khan means, the name literally means Tiger King in Persian and Punjabi. Khan calls up, but Khan calls upon cert, certain associations. So Khan can refer to uh, Genghis Khan, Kublai Khan, or any Mongol leader mm-hmm. that strikes fear into the hearts of viewers. Um, further on that point, Shere Khan has slanted yellow colored eyes, pushing him for more towards an Asian association. The villain is an anti-white Mongol lord roaming the forest on a hunt for the only human character. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some other stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing that was, that was really important that I think this person pointed out was that um, the difference between uh, live action movies and animation is that every single thing that you're watching in animation is the decision someone made. There's no going off book. There's no accidental images. There's no, um, you know, character deciding to go in a different direction. Right. Everything is drawn. Everything is decided upon. And so, so these, these depictions are not accidental. And, and approved. And approved, right. Like gone through like multiple stages of, right. you know, approval. And so, yeah, like these are, there's no, there's nothing coincidental about these depictions, which is really unfortunate because it is such, it's, I love that song that I want to be like you. Like I yeah. have it memorized. It was on like one of our Disney sing-alongs. Yeah. Um, and I don't I mean, like, could they have, could they have gotten black actors to voice it and made them not monkeys right would, like could it have be a caricature yeah well and this person also points out that just the very theme of the song i want to be like you right. i, I want to walk that. like you talk like you i mean it's oh um yeah so that was my <laughs> lighthearted yeah. I, know, I know we don't have the listener like um, numbers for this, but I would be curious to like talk to somebody at Disney at a very low level um, to like hear like what, cause like they have a whole, when I looked up the reason for the disclaimer for this movie, which I had a hunch of what it was, but they have a whole website now about uh, like s- stories matter, something along those lines. They have a whole website devoted to like how Disney is like turning around from this era of um like not having good representation and having racist characters and songs and lines in it um and so I'd be curious to hear like beyond their website like what conversations the staff has to have together to like make sure like they're vetting movies um especially animation like ones that have already been made or that they're no, like new ones. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure part of it is honestly just like hiring, hiring a diverse staff that has an eye for, right. cause like this is, I think this is still the, this is still the era of those, like, what is it? Nine men or whatever. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking this about. This is still like the same. We're still having some of the same animators who have 
been there from kind of the beginning. Um, I'm assuming are a bunch of white men. Um, and so I, I assume that even just hiring a diverse staff is going to help you if they feel comfortable calling things out in the workplace. Right. Um, I mean, when I was teaching, when we were doing, I don't know what we were doing. I don't know why we were doing this lesson in my class. Um, <laughs> but, um, but we studied the, the ways that um, the uh, artists or whatever, um, who, were, who were coming up with what Pocahontas would look like, mm. what different models they used. And it was like, I think they did like an indigenous person, but then they also like, she has Barbie's body. Like they had, they had like a bunch of white people that she's based off of too. Mm. Um, and so it's like, I mean, that was 1995. Right. I think, you know, I mean, that wasn't that long ago that they were still like, mm, we don't really want to be as true to this real story for the m- most part um we still want to you know put our own spin on it um I don't know it's and the other thing is like for for the jungle book kids are watching this movie and and they're like subconsciously taking in these connections Mm -hmm. um and it's just kind of reinforcing stereotypes and racist thought that's been going on for years and years and years yeah it's also kind of wild to me that once I realized this was in India, I was like, oh, maybe the bad stereotypes aren't going to be what I think they are. And they will be related to like native Indians against like British yeah. colonists. Yeah. And that like so yeah, the the disclaimer came up. We got like 20 minutes into the movie, and one of the roommates was like, Oh, when does all this happen? And the other roommate was like, oh, probably when they get to this man village they keep talking about. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be bad. And there's no scenes with the man village yeah. besides this girl at the river. And I was like, oh, that was pretty, that felt very mild as, which you've just talked about of like, it comes out in the animals. It's um, so hard to pinpoint that that's racism. Right. Because it's, it's so cleverly done. I mean, it's animals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I do wonder, I mean, yeah, Disney Plus is putting up all this archival stuff. And I'm like, if you, I mean, I know, and some people would probably argue against it, but I'm just like, I'm just curious of what never even made it. Oh God. um, Beyond some uh, like vision meetings, because there's no way they had a conversation about India in 1960 and, and didn't have a single problematic idea for like a village scene. Oh yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for that. Yep. Interesting. So I've never, I've for sure never seen this movie. I feel like we've watched a few movies that have been like, I don't know, it's kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, the elephants marching and Mowgli waking up to the elephants marching was incredibly familiar we had a vhs tape of that of of it was a sing-along okay yes i was like this suddenly and it was with nothing else it's just this moment of Mowgli waking up to like the stomping of elephants Mm -hmm. um 
but I watched with my two roommates who um, Aaron was like, yeah, I want to watch. I remember it being really scary to me as a kid. And like, now I want to revisit it to see like if it's holds up as what as scary as I remember. Um, and Nick was just happy to join. Um, but like halfway through, Nick just like um, had this epiphany and was like, there's something with Cub Scouts and the Jungle Book. And so I paused the movie and I was like, do you want to say more? And he was like, I, I don't quite have it yet, but now I'm like, all these memories are coming back that like the Jungle Book is deeply linked to Cub Scouts. And like, we talked about the Jungle Book a lot as Cub Scouts. What? But I researched the creator of Cub Scouts and can confirm. Is it a Rudyard Kipling connection and not a Disney connection? Correct. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. It happens before the movie. Okay. So can confirm they are connected. Okay. <laughs> um, so I researched the Cub Scouts and its founder. Um, so in 1914, Robert Baden-Powell um, started scouting programs based- RBP? He does go by BP. Robert Baden-Powell started um, the scouting program based on Kipling's stories and targeted it toward young, younger boys in Britain. And 16 years later, the Boy Scouts of America would launch its own version of Cub Scouting based on Baden-Powell's version. So not only did he create... Um, so I, I didn't quite get far into the research of figuring out at what point did Cub Scouting become like Cub plus Boy Scouting because that still confuses me to this day um, of boys being like no I'm a Boy Scout but it's the same group it's so, not it's different from like in Girl Scouts where you're a daisy and then a brownie it is but when you're a Cub Scout you still like go up different ranks like you can be like a wolf cub a tiger cub oh. um yeah um so, I mean, I don't really care, but I guess we definitely have Boy Scout listeners among one of our friends. Um, so I guess email us if you have any uh, thoughts on this. Anyway, um, so not only did he fa- found, he founded the Scout movement worldwide is what it's known as, um, but his, he helped his sister Agnes create the Girl Guide Girl Scout movement um, because girls started showing up to his Cub Scout jamborees essentially in the park. And they're like, we're also Boy Scouts. Um, and so he helped Agnes, Juliette Lowe, is that what you're wondering? Yeah. Juliette Lowe. So she created the first Girl Scout association in Britain. This Agnes woman did. Oh, and then, like, and then she, went on, she went on like a worldwide tour. Yeah. And Juliette Lowe met them. And that's when she created the Girl Scouts of America. Okay. Sorry. Also, I'm curious. Well, I guess like, yeah, you kind of grew up in the South. I'm curious if, it, if like Girl Scouts and like the state of Washington have right. such a connection to Juliet Lowe because uh, I feel like that's all we learned about that's true as far as history goes but like she was also geographically close to us she's from Savannah Georgia yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so Robert Baden-Powell uh, most of his career was spent in the British army um and he was a scout in the army um, uh-huh. so he scouted information um and he frequently traveled disguised as a butterfly collector and he would <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say as a butterfly <laughs> I'm a beautiful butterfly what is that from a bug's life yes 
Um, he would just he would travel disguised as a butterfly collector, and he would. Accord- you should next time say collector of butterflies, so that I'm not like, huh? okay. like on a roller coaster. He frequently traveled disguised as a collector of butterflies, and he would incorporate <laughs> plans of military installations into his drawings of butterfly wings. So he would show up and like foreign territory, pretend to be a collector of butterflies, and would have to like sketch out butterflies but would like put the plans that he was scouting into like the drawing oh my gosh that's awesome yeah I guess yeah depending on what side of the yeah I know it is it is it's neat yeah um he spent a good amount of time in his career um throughout Africa mostly in like Zimbabwe and Kenya um but it was during the second Matabele War in Zimbabwe where he got most of his boy scouting ideas. Um, he it was there that he met and befriended the American military scout, <laughs> Frederick Russell Burnham, who was dressed as a moth. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> who introduced Baden Powell to stories of the American Old West and woodcraft i.e. scout craft what is that i didn't click that let me see if that goes to a link oh it does uh it's woodcrafting but for scouts what is woodcrafting crafting with wood seriously like making a canoe pop a popsicle stick oh wait actually i would like to take that back the term woodcraft denotes skills and experience and matters relating to living and thriving in the woods such as hunting fishing camping so it relates more to either outdoor recreationalism or survivalism so it seems like my question was a good yeah while looking that up made all this way more uh uh makes sense makes sense yeah (laughs) um and it was there that he was introduced for the first time to the Montana peaked version. I don't know why this is included. To the Montana peaked version of a Western cowboy hat of which Stetson was a prolific manufacturer and which also came to be known as a campaign hat. And he, <laughs> he was introduced to the many versatile and practical uses of a neckerchief. So all of that kind of just went into Boy Scouting. You know the Boy Scouts and their Stetson hats. Do they wear Stetsons? I don't know. I don't. I know I'm they wear neckerchiefs. Yeah. Um, he retired from the army in 1910, and he later said that King Edward VII told him that he could better serve his country by promoting scouting. Like, oh, it sounds like he was fired. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. They're like, listen, BP, uh, you're not as invisible as you think in that butterfly costume. No, I read it because he's the one who said that King Edward said this. And so I read it as something like, like he might have been fired for something else or like he just got tired of being in the army and he was like, no, it's cool. King Edward told me that and just like made that story up. I don't know. It might be true. but I think it it also sounds like multiple characters from the office who were like, The king said that I would be much better. I mean, that I would I would be doing more if I did this, like starting a club for boys. Oh, it, reminds yeah. of, it reminds me of Buster from Arrested Development. <laughs> I've left Army. Army mother. had a half day. 
um, on the outbreak of World War I in 1914 at the age of 57, Baden-Powell put himself at the disposal of the war office and no command was given to him. Your, your theory might be right. Lord, <laughs> Lord Kitchener said he could lay his hand on several component divisional generals, but we could find no one who could carry on the invaluable work of the Boy Scouts. Yeah, so he created scouting. Um, there's a little bit of interesting stuff about scouting during um, World War II. Um, okay, so some early scouting thanks badges and the Scouting Medal of Merit badges, um, which the thinks badges were from 1911. Um, Are you saying thinks? Like thank, thank you. Oh, okay. Um, they had a swastika symbol on them. Um, this was undoubtedly influenced by the use by Rud Rudyard Kipling, who is the author of the Jungle Book, um, of the swastika that he had on the jacket of his published books, um, including Kim, which is a book which was used by Baden-Powell as a basis for the wolf, the wolf cub branch of the scouting movement. Hmm. Um, the swastika had been a symbol for luck in India long before being adopted by the Nazi party in 1920. And when Nazi use of the swastika became more widespread, the scouts stopped using it in their badges. Um, yeah, Nazi Germany banned scouting, a competitor of the Hitler Youth, in June 1934, seeing it as a haven for young men opposed to the new state. Um, and uh, Baden-Powell was placed in the Black Book, the 1940 list of people to be detained following the planned conquest of the UK. So... Um, Killer did not like the scouts. Um, so let me go back up to where you see the Jungle Book in the Cub Scouts. Um, so according to this website, on page nine of every tiger handbook, wolf handbook, and bear handbook, you will have like an excerpt or summary of the Jungle Book story. Um, Nick, I asked Nick about, my roommate, about his Jungle Book connection to Cub Scouts and he said all he can remember is on like the last night of some camp out when people were about to move from one level to the next um they told like a jungle book story around the campfire um so they use some of um, a lot of like the names from the jungle book are used throughout Cub Scouting um so anyone who is older than a Cub Scout can be Akela, Akila, Akila, mm -hmm. um, including the den leader. As a people who have not watched this recently, Akila is the wolf who takes in Mowgli. Yes, I've seen this on on um, Call the Midwife. Oh, uh, one of the characters, one of the midwives. Um, oh gosh, I forget what her name is, but she's she's kind of the goofy one. Um, I love her so much, um, but she's like a den mother. Oh. essentially like she's a troop leader and so or a boy scout leader or something because they called her a, a kayla or a Kila or something and i like i was watching it and i knew i knew that it was like some kind of scouting thing but i could not figure out what word that was that they were using uh okay and now yeah. i do yeah so i um, never hear that word though in the movie do we 
Does he introduce the dad in that way? I don't know. Okay. No, I think that's the name of the wolf who takes Ed Mowgli. No, I, I know. Oh. When, when Bagheera drops Mowgli off, the mother comes and he, and I think Bagheera's like, oh, is so-and-so? I think he, I think Bagheera names them. Okay. Anyways. Um, and so even, I think today, um, whenever throughout the handbooks whenever cub scouts need like adult signatures that they did something um there are two signature lines and one is for their den leader and one is for their akila so i guess they just like kind of choose an akila i don't know if it actually i don't think they choose one but it's basically just like a parent guardian signature and they have uh, blue which stands for basic adult leadership outdoor orientation so it's the training course for adults who want to add a camping component to their pack activities. Um, I think you mean, I think you mean wood crafting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blue training helps Cub Scout packs become a little more free spirited, which is what Baloo does. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And so to close my section here is um, Baden Powell's final letter to the scouts. I have had a most happy life and I want each one of you to have a happy life too. I believe that God put us in this jolly world to be happy and enjoy life. Happiness does not come from being rich nor merely being successful in your career nor by self-indulgence. One step towards happiness is to make yourself healthy and strong while you are a boy so that you can be useful and so you can enjoy life when you are a man. Nature study will show you how full of beautiful and wonderful things God has made the, for the made in the world for you to enjoy. Be contented with what you have got and make the best of it. Look on the bright side of things instead of the gloomy one. But the real way to get happiness is by giving out happiness to other people. Try and leave this world a little better than you found it. And when your turn comes to die, you can die happy. It's kind of dark. You can die happy in feeling that at any rate, you have not wasted your time, but I've done your best. Be prepared in this way to live happy and to die happy. Stick to your scout promise always, even after you have ceased to be a boy and God help you to do it. I mean, that's nice, but there's a lot of like weird death references. For, there, for Cub Scouts, for yeah. Cub Scouts who are like six or seven, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's connection. Anyway, yeah, I was wondering, I am now curious about its success in Germany. Um, Today? But the, no, sorry, about the Jungle Book movies in Germany when it came out in the 60s. I don't know if it's random or has anything to do with it influencing this like alternative youth movement that Hitler. The movie was really popular in Germany. Yes. I wonder if Rudyard Kipling was like banned during mm. World War II or yeah. by the Nazis. It's possible. Sorry, I'm looking really quickly at Kipling's Wikipedia page. Wow, he autographed with the swastika. He what? His autograph. I, I thought the swastika is different from the Indian symbol. Like the, it's, the, it was like, it's the left-facing swastika. Yeah. It's a Sanskrit word. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, but the Baden Powell guy is uh I mean like he has he died living in Kenya and has like a whole something dedicated like he's yeah he's a big name across the world it sounds like has lots of memorials and stuff cool yeah that was an unexpected jaunt the movie and Mary Ness yeah I mean Mary Ness didn't have a whole bunch but um yeah, I mentioned earlier that she did not, she didn't love the way that it ended. And I agreed with her on that. Um, this is really the only other thing that I thought was interesting, but she talks about the animation again. Um, and that she says, like, there's good parts and there's bad parts. The, the good parts are that the backgrounds are lovely. They're beautifully rendered paintings. The best work Disney had done since Sleeping Beauty um um so yeah there's just like really good really good backgrounds and that kind of stuff but then she said once again for the bad parts once again the budget budget cuts show with bits of recycled animation thick black xerography lines which we've talked a little bit about like with 101 Dalmatians and stuff Mm -hmm. still showing pencil marks and other small flaws that became far more visible when you watch this on a big screen Mm. She says, the film also demonstrates just why animating tigers with their stripes can be so difficult. If you watch carefully, Shere Khan's stripes change throughout the movie, (laughs) Um, sometimes within the same scene. Um, She says, after this, Disney was to avoid tigers animating only two of them. Can you name those two? Isn't, is there one in Aladdin? Uh Uh-huh. And then you're going to feel so silly. Okay, going through movies. There's not one in The Lion King because it's lions. Uh, Think about Tiger voice. What? No, what? Think about some of the voice actors we've talked about tonight. Oh, Tigger. Yeah. So, other than Tigger and um, Jasmine's Tiger. Raja, I think, is her tiger's name. Um, they won't ever touch a tiger again <laughs> because it was so hard to get those stripes down. But yeah, that's pretty much it for Marianne. She just didn't like the ending, and we've already kind of talked about that. So, gotcha. Overall, a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. Um, I had a question at the very, very beginning when it has not a classic let's open the book mm-hmm. opening um but um Bagheera is is narrating and he and like he talks about like finding Mowgli um and so the scene is obviously like there's been some kind of like canoe boat wreck um I guess Mowgli's parents are dead somewhere we don't really don't get evidence of that. Oh, sorry. His parents are in the um, alternative ending. Oh. They're alive. So that's... He literally walks into the village and they go, you must be Mowgli. <laughs> it's like, I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's different. Um, but uh, yeah, so they show this like half a boat and then Mowgli 
was in like a basket on the boat and <laughs> we asked this question, what if Moses had been discovered by animals instead of the fair of Pharaoh's daughter? Yeah. Um, might not I mean, that's a totally that. different kind of story than uh, the story. Is. Yeah, that would completely, we would not be Christians. Some like something would have, that would have drastically changed, uh, the storyline of the bible so much that we would not have gotten to where we are today yeah with god all things are possible but (laughs) good good save yeah it just reminded me very much of moses of like oh Oh, there's a baby in a basket it's crying it's on the riverbank yeah i was like oh this is like major moses vibes (laughs) yeah um i also felt like bagheera um reminded me a lot of papa elf uh, volunteering to raise Buddy. He's yeah. like an older kind of curmudgeonly panther or whatever he's supposed to be. Um, and he's like, oh, fine. Yes, I'll I'll make sure that this baby finds a home and like look after it and stuff. Um, it just reminded me a lot of Elf. <laughs> kind of a lack of women in the story now I think about it. There's one. Yeah. A girl. Right. Well, there's a mother elephant. Yes, there is. Winifred. And, and she's, yeah. And she's a strong lady. So never mind. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. She was good. She, she was not going to put up with it. No. Um, I loved, I loved the elephants. Oh, same. I could have watched. I loved the elephants and I loved the vultures. I did not care for the vultures. Oh, why not? It was just weird and boring. Oh my gosh. That makes me so sad. Sorry. They were I, I didn't hate it. I just could I could have done without that whole scene. Oh no. They like I mean they, they at first they try to make fun of him and then they realize they hurt his feelings, so they feel bad, and then they're like, Oh, you're really sad, let's try to cheer you up. And and they're like they're vultures, so no one really likes them anyway. Yeah. So they know what it's like to be kind of ostracized. I did read that the vultures were going to be more like a vulture character, if that makes sense, of like, you know, like like these outcasts, like nobody likes, yeah. Um, But then they really wanted the Beatles (laughs) to to be on it. And so they turned into like this British invasion pop band situation. Um, they they want to make Mowgli an honorary vulture. Like, it's just so sweet. They sing a song, That's What Friends Are For. Yeah. Like, ugh, it's just, I thought they were going to be like the hyenas and be like Shere Khan's like henchmen. Well, and like the scenery completely changes with them. Yes. Like, it looks like something like spooky is about to happen. Um, Speaking of which, why is there always a fire when there is some kind of like climax to a cartoon movie? Dumbo. Dumbo. Uh, Sleeping Beauty has one, doesn't it? There's a dragon. Dra- uh, the dragon breathes fire. Yeah. Uh, this one, Lion King. We haven't done Lion King yet, but there's a fire. I think. Yeah. Yes, there's definitely a fire. Uh, I mean, it just seems like it's always, there's always going to be a storm. 
I'm sorry, my question, why is there always a thunderstorm when the climax is happening? But now I'm also thinking about fire. Wait, what? My note says, why is there always a thunderstorm? Okay. But I thought I had written, talked about the fire, but now I'm thinking, yeah, both. It's never just the one like obstacle of like a tiger wants to kill this boy. We also have to throw in fire in a thunderstorm. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of like tension. No, it's probably because it's a climax. Yeah. For going back to the vultures, um, I have to give a shout out to uh, my friend Jenny Brooks, who when I lived in Memphis, I would we would say, I'd say, what do you want to do? And she would go, I don't know, what do you want to do? And she would like do her shoulders like those vultures. And she explained to me that it was from this movie, and I was just like, okay, whatever um but like watching it today I was like oh I've seen her do that like a million times like I don't know what do you want to do yeah um yeah next uh, next to that's like an inside joke with his family too oh funny yeah we can try to introduce it to ours but don't tell mom and dad about it and this will be our trick to see if they're listening to our episodes okay also you know what I can do without that's a common Disney uh uh thing choice that they make what the not quite dead person Baloo I said is Baloo going to die and I looked at Nick and he like smirked and I was like okay good (laughs) I was like I hate this movie if they kill off Baloo like there's no redemption Um, yeah it was an awful scene but I will say it's recovered much better than in past movies. Like the comic relief of Baloo being yes. like, I wish my mom could have heard this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good and funny. But like Mowgli was like, please, oh, please get up. Baloo, get up. I was like, I just can't handle this. Like if this bear's dead. Um but he wasn't. But it was so. I mean, it was really. They just it's based they on water, that. just like Pinocchio. What? Based on water, just like Pinocchio. He was in water. Yeah, he was. No, he was in the woods on the on the ground. There was like a puddle under him. It just rained, hadn't it? That was sand. Look it up. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Blue. Dead. Dead. <laughs> yeah. There's water under him, Sarah. No, there's not. That's one little puddle. It's a puddle of water. I didn't think, I thought there was puddles, there were puddles near him. Yeah, I think Disney just has a knack for drawing beloved characters dead. Right. And in Shaggy Dog, they had the girl like face down in the water too, remember? And, um, Fox in the House, not Fox in the House, Lady in the Tramp. And that's a cartoon. But, and um, um, that movie we just watched, The Incredible Journey. Yeah. Drama. Oh, they know what they're doing. I don't think I have anything else. I, I didn't take many notes. I just I, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I did too. Um, 
I did too. It was perfect length. Mm-hmm. It was a very good length. I set a timer for 20 minutes. I'd watch it for 20 minutes and I'd get up and clean something in my apartment. And so that last, that only took four times. Less cleaning. It looks a lot better than it did this morning. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, scary scale? Yeah, even scary scale. Uh, mine is based on tension. I love how you say that every week. Okay. Maybe people are like just listening for the first time. Um, but um, I kind of feel like the climax with the tiger didn't last as long as I thought it could. Mm. Like there, there, there have definitely been other scenes and other movies that went on and on and on and on and on, like multiple settings, you know, different kinds of things. Yes, ma'am. I'll be honest that I zoned out around that time because I guess any kind of action scene, I just, I can't bear it. Oh yeah, no, I think I was coloring on my phone, but like, I don't think it lasted as long. Gotcha. Like normally they're like five minutes long. I don't think this one was five minutes. Like, I think it was like one minute of chase. Yeah. And, and then, and then it was weird. Like the way they defeat the tiger was Mowgli tying a a fiery branch to Shere Khan's tail mm-hmm. and he runs away and everyone's like this is where I thought we were being tricked because he runs off and the vultures are like oh we got rid of him forever and I was like you don't know that like yeah I mean he could put out his tail and come right back because now he's gonna be real mad um and so then I thought we were being tricked and that like Shere Khan was going to go and like put out the fiery branch and then come back with like a vengeance but no, that was, that was in the movie. Well, I also think, I wonder, I mean, I feel like this might be, I'd have to think a little bit more about this, but I feel like this has the most, the highest number of like, vil- not villains, but like bad guys um, than any other movie we've watched so far. Like he faces. Oh, King Louis. Yeah. There's like he faces a snake. snake. Like he faces yeah. a lot of battles, like leading into the journey. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if they just felt like there wasn't a need to draw it out because it, yeah, it was a pretty, it was pretty steady rising action. It wasn't like right. safe, 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 safe. Ah, here's the tiger. But like, I also thought that every episode served to prove that Mowgli could survive in the jungle. Yeah. Like, you know, he was learning lessons along the way. Yeah. Um, so they were... I don't know that they were there to be villains. Right. But there to be adversaries. What? Adversaries. Adversaries. I don't know. Yes. There's your Hebrew for the week. That's Satan in Hebrew. What's your, so my scary score is like, Uh, I don't know, three. It's a what? A three. No, I think it's a one out of three. And I was like, that is not how we do this. You can't (laughs) just. This is like what episode 26, 27. Uh, I've just decided to completely change up my scary scale and make one that makes no sense to anyone. And it's a scale of one out of three, one to three, and I'm giving it a star. <laughs> I give it a four. What was scary for you? Um, balloon not getting up. Balloon not getting up. The snake was scary. 
I meant to Google like snake like attacks. Um, every week, Sarah and I choose our favorite movie of all the ones we've watched. Right now, I think both of our favorite movies is Mary Poppins. I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. Mine, mine is definitely Mary Poppins. <laughs> I think that's what you picked last week. Oh, yeah. Um, so now we're both choosing between Mary Poppins and The Jungle Book. This is getting I, hard. Yeah, I was in the last like 20 hours thinking about this of like driving, not, I mean, I, I slept. Um, so I'd say the last like eight hours of like doing errands and like driving and being like, which one am I gonna choose? Like the familiar, like never fails to entertain one or the one that's new and like shockingly delightful. But like Mary Poppins does kind of drag on. Too long. It's two and a half hours long. I think I'm choose. I know normally you go first, but I'm gonna go first and choose the Jungle Book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, you know, losing sleep over this for a week now. Um, I haven't slept. I'm so tired. I'm going to stay with Mary Poppins. Okay. I just love that movie so much. Yeah. I, I, but that, this was probably one of the hardest weeks I think we've had. Definitely. Um, like two really good movies back to back. But again, Mary Ness has really made me nervous about the downhill slump we're about to go (laughs) in the 70s. So I'm a little bit nervous about what our next movie is. Yeah, that's a good good segue into something I have not prepared for. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Next. Okay, so love the love bug. Oh, yeah. People like that. Yeah. Before that, before that is also the horse in the gray flannel suit that mom talked about. (laughs) Um, But I have a hunch that's one of those ones that didn't make it on Disney Plus. You could be wrong. (laughs) You know, if Toby Tyler and Thomasina didn't, but the horse in the gray flannel pajamas did, I would be (laughs) pretty shocked. Uh, I I mean, I kind of am intrigued by it. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, like, no, I don't know. Never mind. All right. Ooh, yeah. We're going to have a good, I don't know, Mariness. It's going to be the love bug and then the Aristocats and then bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh my God. I'm so excited for bed knobs and broomsticks. I'm so excited for it. Like, I'm so excited. But next week, we'll see you for the love bug. The love bug. Herbie. Herbie and the love bug. Is this the one that Grandmommy had on VHS? I know there's like several win- renditions of Herbie. Lindsay Lohan did one. The That's not the one before. Grandmommy had. <laughs> she was a big Lynn Lowe fan. Um, 1968. I don't know. This looks too old. Is it black and white? No. it's love and it's it's a love it's a love in for herbie oh a love in yeah that's a thing (laughs) like a lock-in yeah i think so it's like an anti-war thing i think Hmm. it's a love in for herbie the incredible little car who shifts for himself that's a weird slogan hey let's get mom and dad on this one we haven't had them in a while okay can I give you a preview of this movie based on the Wikipedia I just did? 
Sure. And your description. Yeah. Um, a love in is a peaceful public gathering focused on meditation, love, music, sex, and or use of psychedelic drugs. Well, that makes sense that grandmommy would have it on VHS. Yes. Our, our preacher's wife, grandmother. And preschool kindergarten teacher. Uh-huh. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> we'll see you next week for the love bug. Oh, no. Hold on. Sources. Uh, sources. And email us. Um. Uh, my sources were uh, tour.com, Mary Ness's article, Walt Disney supervises his last film, <laughs> Jungle Book. Um, and uh, an article from uh, williams.edu. I'm not sure what school that is, um, but it's an article called I Want to Be Like You, Racial Coding in Disney's The Jungle Book. And it's written by Corey Lund. And I would just like to point out that none of my sources this week are Wikipedia, I think for the first time ever. That is the first time ever, yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to say that when you said, I don't know what school that is, I almost said, why does it have to be a school? And then I remembered that you said .edu. All right, so my sources were Wikipedia, uh, scoutingmagazine.org and usscouts.org. So if you want to, um mansplain boy scouting to us don't um but if you'd like to provide some anecdote about the jungle book and you're growing up uh, truly i would love to hear actually about um your jungle book experiences and boy scouting um if you would like to explain uh where tarzan comes in to play with this movie because that's still kind of confusing and absent oh um, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, there was, I didn't hear that Phil Collins song. Uh, You'll be in my heart song. Yeah. And Whoopi Goldberg was not in this movie. Is she in Tarzan? Yeah, I think so. No. Uh, Email us. Yeah. WolfDisneyPodcast at gmail.com. We haven't gotten very many emails lately. Yeah. Come on, guys, blow up our inbox. Yeah. If you, any, if you have any connections to Disney, then we could talk to them about the decision making that is going currently going into um, diversity and accurate uh, yes. portrayals of different groups of people, people of color, BIPOC. Please let us know. Sorry, I just remembered that one of my one of my sources was this book. I read from it. The listeners can't see that. Do you want me to say something? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, my other resource was uh, Biased, Uncovering the Hidden Prejudice that Shapes What We See, Think, and Do by Dr. Jennifer L. Eberhardt. And so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Wolf Disney Pod. Um, we invite you to consider what the bare necessities are for you in the next week. Yeah, let us know what your bare necessities are. And um, hmm. that would have been a good icebreaker. What are the bare necessities for you? No, because no, because my capstone class this week, we had to come up with our top 10 list of. You've already done it then. Yeah, I, I didn't like the assignment. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, we'll see you guys next week for. You'll hear us next week. Herbie Unloaded.
Herbie and his lovin'. The love bug. Herbie and love is from 1997. Sex, um, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. And our grandmother. And our parents. And our parents. Maybe. We should tell them about that. We should tell them. This has been Wolf Disney. Thanks for listening. Our theme song is Lamb and Wolf by Poddington Bear. See you next week. Thank you.